This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Flat Out Farno, you're Laddie H, host of Flat Out Pride on your Free FM dial. If you're a Waikato local with an idea for your own show, Free FM would love to hear from you. Check out our website, freefm.org.nz, or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to adjust the frequency. We are controlling transmission. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limit frequency. Good evening, my name is Sam. My name is Ricardo. This is the outer limit frequency. safe to say that a band's singer tends to get more than their fair share of attention in any given group, and there's probably a very good reason for that. We are hardwired to pay attention to the human voice on an evolutionary level. It's a survival mechanism that can be traced back to prehistoric times. So how are we supposed to feel about bands that have decided to eschew vocals entirely? How do they fare in comparison to their Vox-positive counterparts? That is the question that guides tonight's show, as we profile several bands who have decided to let their music speak for itself by giving the vocal cords a rest. And a little later on, I'll be looking at tonight's feature artist as a great example of modern instrumentalism, Rodrigo y Gabriela. Apocalyptica have always just been an instrumental band, but you'd be forgiven for thinking that they have had a vocalist as almost everything by them recently has employed guest vocalists. This would usually disqualify them from this episode, but we are going back to their roots, back when it was just four guys with their cellos covering Metallica. Yes, this was largely a gimmick, but it really worked, and yes, they are a lot better now, but as I said, they employ vocalists now. It's honestly surprising that a band built on such a silly gimmick has been around since 1993, but due to their willingness to change and evolve, they have somehow managed to not grow stale. For now though, from their third album, 2000's Cult, this is Until It Sleeps.
Booker T and the MGs are often considered to be one of the greatest instrumental groups of all time. Their signature tune, Green Onions, has been a radio standard for nearly 60 years, which should tell you all you need to know about them. The band's organist and namesake, Booker T. Jones, spent almost 50 years as the leader of the MGs before he released his first solo album in 2009, Potato Hole, supported by drive-by truckers and grizzled veteran Neil Young on lead guitar. And in classic MG style, it was still fully instrumental, although he did use guest vocalists for the very first time on his 2011 album, The Road to Memphis. Now, I'm not even going to bother introducing this next track, as it is a cover of a very famous pop song. You're on your own on this one, but we'll be back quicker than you can shake it like a Polaroid picture.
There's something to be said about a band being so cheesy that their music is only ever known due to memes or otherwise circulating as a joke on the internet. I don't know what that something is, but there is something. And this is the case with the power metal cover band Power Glove, who took their name from an old Nintendo peripheral. The name should actually give you a clue as to what ex- what to expect as well, as these guys take tunes from video games, cartoons, video games and cartoons, and turn them metal. And they don't even try to hide how stupid this is. They never added a vocalist to their permanent lineup, as they straight up admitted that the lyrics would be so stupid that people would get sick of it as soon as it stopped being funny. They've been known to employ the odd guest for vocals, such as Tony Kako from Sonata Arctica for their Pokemon theme cover, but otherwise it's just a bunch of nerds and their instruments. And this is the theme to X-Men the Animated Series.
hard to talk about animals as leaders and not go straight to mentioning their guitarist, Tosin Abasi. So I'm not going to fight it and just say that, God damn, Abasi is a hell of a guitarist. Cool, got that out of the way. Animals as Leaders are one of those rare bands like our feature where I feel like you really do not miss the presence of a vocalist. In fact, you barely even notice because their music is just so enthralling. This prog rock come prog metal band has had four albums between 2009 and 2016 and I am anxiously awaiting a fifth, but man, it's taking a while and I'm getting quite impatient, so please hurry up. Anyway, this is The Woven Web.
Formed in 1992 in Melbourne, the aptly named trio Dirty Three brings together three incredibly sharp and creative minds to create what can be succinctly described as one hell of a beautiful racket. The group consists of Bad Seeds head honcho Warren Ellis on the violin, journeyman drummer Jim White, and multi-instrumentalist Mick Turner. Together they have built an improbable melting pot of styles where jazz, classical, krautrock, and crushing existential dread rub shoulders. For the uninitiated, I've always considered the opening track from 2012's Towards the Low Sun to be a good place to start embracing the lush noise of Dirty Three. It's one of the wildest and messiest cuts of the band's catalogue, but it carries with it an impressive amount of drama too. So I'll play it for you now. This is Furnace Skies.
For some reason, every time I hear the name Godspeed You, exclamation mark, Black Emperor, I think Japanese prog band, but nope, they're Canadian. It's for a good reason, though, as the name was actually taken from a Japanese documentary about a biker gang. Weird punctuation and all. They're also not really prog, there's some kind of odd experimental post-rock artsy noise that walks this weird fine line between art house and prog without ever committing to one of them. And they're all the better for it. Also, picking a song by them was really hard here, as most of their songs are at least 11 minutes, going up to around 40. I mean, maybe we could just play you one of the longer songs at a later date, but we have other things to talk about. Even if they may be a little less weird and important than Godspeed You, exclamation mark, Black Emperor. So this is First of the Last Glaciers.
And now tonight's feature artist. This is the story of a pair of talented metalheads who left everything they knew behind to seek their fortunes abroad and succeeded beyond their wildest dreams. Rodrigo Sanchez and Gabriela Quintero got their first taste of the musician's life as part of the Mexican metal band Tierra Acida in the mid-90s, but they had grown disillusioned with the general inertia of the Mexican metal scene, and seeing little future for themselves at home, the duo moved to Europe to find greater opportunities. In 1999, they were busking in Dublin when they met singer-songwriter Damien Rice, who insisted that they open for him on one of his upcoming shows. This is when the pair settled on the oh-so-imaginative name for their group, Rodrigo y Gabriela. E means and, if you're not un hispanola blante. The next few years were extremely fruitful as the group were introduced to their manager by Rice, built up a repertoire of songs, some covers and some originals, and recorded their debut album, Rare Fog. But things really picked up with the release of their self-titled album in 2006. By now, the pair had a strong word-of-mouth following, who were entranced by their combination of metal's technical wizardry and flamenco's nimble charm. Their style, in which all the music was played exclusively on acoustic guitars, even the percussion, certainly made them stand out from the regular world music crowd, and you know how much we hate that label. But as these stories often go, Rodrigo and Gabriela were just getting started. This next song was the one that helped launch them into stardom. The fact that it featured prominently in the Breaking Bad pilot episode surely didn't do their stardom any harm. This is Tamakun. Thank you. 
buzz and unexpected success of their self-titled album necessitated a strong follow-up to capitalise on the momentum, and Rodrigo y Gabriela delivered on every front with 2009's 11.11, a more ambitious record than its predecessor in every way. Not only did the album carry the respectable concept of paying respect to the many musicians who paved the way for the duo, this is everyone from Mexican electronic pioneer Jorge Reyes to the more predictable Jimi Hendrix and Carlos Santana, but it also managed to do all of this with an abundance of flair, acumen and confidence. It was also a more dynamic and varied album, as the group were a lot less picky about sticking to their twin acoustic sound this time around. The album expands the musical palette to include small glimpses of electric guitar, hand drums and piano. This next track is dedicated to their fallen metalhead hero, Dimebag Daryl of Pantera, and features one of Dime's contemporaries, Alex Skolnick from the band Testament, in absolute blistering form. This is Artman. <laughs> Thank you. 
Even though it took Rodrigo y Gabriela five more years to release another proper studio album, they were far from idle. In 2011, they collaborated with Hans Zimmer to record the score for Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Now, the movie didn't exactly rock the world of cinema, but that had nothing to do with the excellent soundtrack, which is probably the best part of the whole movie, really. In 2012, they also collaborated with a Cuban orchestra to re-record some of their songs on an album called Area 52. It was decent enough, but it felt a little like the band had become content to merely cover their own songs and spin their wheels. This could easily have led to complacency and the slow death of new ideas under the Rodrigo y Gabriela banner. Any such thoughts were dispelled in 2014 with the release of a proper album number four, Nine Dead Alive. Much like 11.11, this record was a tribute to inspirational people and nature, apparently, who were no longer with us. But while 11.11 focused on the group's musical idols, Nine Dead Alive instead paid tribute to historical figures. This next song is called Misty Moses and is dedicated to 19th century activist and abolitionist Harriet Tubman. Thank you. 
25 years had passed until the release of their fifth album, Meta Evolution, in 2019. In a rather bold move, the entire second half of the album contained a cover of Pink Floyd's proto-prog epic Echoes, which I played on an episode early this year in its entirety because I have issues with impulse control, apparently. But this cover kind of represents the major drawback of Meta Evolution. With 19 minutes of its runtime devoted to an admittedly excellent cover song, this means there were actually only six original compositions on the album. Considering the quality of what is there, it's hard not to wish that there was just a little bit more of it. At the end of the day, one of Rodrigo and Gabriela's greatest strengths are their agile and danceable tracks, in which case this next song, Kumbe, has to be ranked among their absolute best. <laughs>
after everything accomplished by Rodrigo Sanchez and Gabriela Quintero over the last 20 odd years, to some they will always be known as that flamenco couple who play metal songs sometimes. And despite everything wrong with that statement, that's actually what I want to talk about before we wrap up for the week. Their covers of Stairway to Heaven and Metallica's Orion certainly helped to make their bones in the early days, so as frustrating as that description is, it at least does have some merit. Last year, Rodrigo and Gabriela confidently returned to their metal roots in a big way with the release of their Metal EP. That's two T's in case you were wondering. Over the course of a brisk 18 minutes, the duo rips through rearrangements of songs by Slayer, Megadeth, and indeed Metallica, also known as the Basic Bitch Thrash Metal Trifecta. So I will leave you with Rod and Gabby's cover of one of Metallica's very best songs, in my opinion, Battery, which was released on the aforementioned Metal EP.
and thank you once again for tuning into the Outer Limit Frequency and listening to all the weird and cool music we have to share with you. Do you want some more cool and weird music shared with you? Jump onto Spotify, search The Outer Limit Frequency. There are tons of episodes there, and we guarantee you'll find something you'll like. And seeing as you're coming back next week, join us as we talk about revivalists and the feature artist Battle Beast. And what do we mean by revivalists? Well, you're going to be tuning in For next more week, episodes, so use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices. Or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.